You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the Rand Corporation. I'm Deanna Lee. And I'm Evan Banks. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from Rand's latest research and commentary. It's December 4th. The pandemic, the economy, racial equity, climate change. These are the priorities on the Biden-Harris agenda. But to tackle any of these challenges, the incoming administration will also have to restore Americans' trust in their government and in public institutions. That's according to Rand President and CEO Michael Rich and Jennifer Kavanaugh, who leads our research initiative on truth decay, the term we use to describe the diminishing role of facts and analysis in public life. You've probably heard that the nation's bridges, roads, and other pieces of physical infrastructure have been allowed to crumble. Well, that's also true of America's civic infrastructure, the practices and policies that enable the country to solve its shared problems. This is part of what's allowed the truth decay phenomenon to take hold. Fortunately, there are opportunities to rebuild America's civic infrastructure— Here are four steps that the Biden team could take. First, increase transparency. Elected leaders and their appointees should clearly disclose government deliberations, plans, and actions, and then provide honest accounts of successes and failures. Transparency also extends to interacting with the news media. It could help to be more forthright and more responsive to journalists, and wherever possible, treat them as partners in the responsibility of informing the public. Second, elevate experts. Perceived competence is central to public trust, so qualifications and expertise must be the deciding factors when selecting appointees and agency heads. Third, build a diverse team. Feelings of trust stem in part from inclusion and representation it will be crucial to ensure that the next government looks like America, so to speak. This commitment to diversity should be conceived of in the broadest possible terms, considering race, gender, economic status, religion, sexual orientation, education, and experience. Fourth and finally, invest in civic education and development. Americans both young and old need support to better understand democracy, how the government works, and what it provides. The new administration could address this by funding coursework on civic responsibility or implementing a national service requirement for young people. Rehabilitating civic infrastructure, restoring public trust, and repairing America's deep divisions won't be easy, but it is essential. The health of our participatory democracy depends on it. Be sure to join us next week when we dive deeper into that last aspect of rebuilding public trust, promoting civic education in public schools. We'll have new RAND research to discuss, and we'll be highlighting some key ways that educators can help support young people's civic development and help them become good, responsible citizens. President-elect Biden has nominated former CIA Deputy Director Avril Haines to be the next Director of National Intelligence. According to RAND experts, choosing an experienced hand could help restore the intelligence community's role in informing White House decision-making. 
A president is best served, our researchers say, by having a trusted individual as the DNI. And while presidents can choose to ignore or disagree with the assessments that the DNI provides, they need to hear those assessments, because they're generated by an experienced intelligence workforce that's deployed all over the world, leveraging both unique collection and analysis capabilities. And when it comes to intelligence, the stakes are high. Significant challenges await for the next DNI. For instance, the threat of virtual societal warfare a la Russian election interference remains. The intelligence community also has to conduct clandestine operations in a world in which there are more ways than ever before to be detected. And despite budget cuts, there must be continued investments in new intelligence capabilities. In the next administration, will the intelligence community be better positioned to tackle these challenges head-on? We'll have to wait and see. Nearly 10 years into the Syrian civil war, the most likely outcome appears to be a no-deal political resolution. According to Rand Shelley Culbertson, that means that most of Syria's 5.6 million refugees will never return home. Without a formal peace agreement that ensures safety for those who return and creates a foundation for investment in Syria, Syrians simply won't go back. In fact, Many Syrians abroad fear going back because of reports of returnees being arrested, imprisoned, and tortured. So where does that leave these refugees? Well, they'll likely remain in the neighboring countries that they've fled to. Unfortunately, they face terrible circumstances. Syrians abroad live in grinding poverty, mostly working under the table, earning below the minimum wage, and going without the safety and social protections provided to citizens. What's more, access to education and health care is alarmingly low, with over half of Syrian children out of school. Colbertson says that absent more leadership from Washington to negotiate a formal settlement, or without action that provides long-term support to help refugees in host countries, millions of Syrians could be sentenced to, quote, a state of squalid limbo. 2020 brought unprecedented wildfires, a record-breaking hurricane season, and, of course, the pandemic. That is a lot of disasters and a lot of suffering. But it also means that there are a lot of lessons to learn about how to respond to disasters. One of those lessons, say RAND experts, is that community volunteers need more support. Volunteers play an important role as emergency responders. For example, a group of volunteers in Louisiana called the Cajun Navy has supplemented search and rescue operations after Hurricanes Katrina, Harvey, and Irma. And in Oregon, a similar group called the Hillbilly Brigade has stepped up in the fight against this year's devastating wildfires. But these groups often don't have the personal protective equipment and other resources they need to be safe and effective in dangerous conditions. These volunteers also need more financial and economic support. Disaster responses cost hard dollars. Gas for a boat to rescue people from a flood, running a bulldozer for digging lines, buying food and other aid. Many volunteers pay out of their own pockets, but they might be more effective if they had greater financial support. And finally, volunteers could be better integrated with official disaster response teams. After all, those who live and work where disaster struck will have valuable insights into what their community might need the most. 
Costa Rica's National Decarbonization Plan sets an ambitious goal for the small Central American country. Become carbon neutral by 2050. A new RAND report takes a look at this plan, analyzing more than 3,000 plausible futures. In all but 22 of these future scenarios, the benefits of decarbonization outweighed the costs. That means that Costa Rica is likely to achieve its bold emissions reductions goals and do so at a net economic gain. Where would these gains come from? Consider transportation. Shifting to electric vehicles and investing in zero-emissions public transportation would lead not only to energy savings, but also to fewer accidents, time saved from reduced congestion, and the reduced negative effects of air pollution on health. The resulting cost savings would more than compensate for the initially higher upfront costs of switching to electric vehicles and building new infrastructure for public transport. The study also examined what would happen if Costa Rica did not invest in decarbonization. Predictably, the country's greenhouse gas emissions would increase substantially. These findings are not only valuable to Costa Rica. They may be useful to other countries looking to implement carbon reduction plans and reduce the effects of climate change. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision making through research and analysis. For more on what we covered this week, check the show notes at rand.org/podcast. We'll see you next week.